0: Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz, here to talk about the paranormal, as we do on Saturday nights, and uh, we'll be taking your calls, too, as well, at 508-996-0500. How was your Halloween, Moniz? Uh, Nice and relaxing. I I did nothing. Exactly. Uh, Well, I spoke earlier in the day because... For, for some reason, as we got closer to Halloween, people wanted me to speak earlier in the day, which was fine by me. Yeah, makes sense. Do a two o'clock thing on Friday and then a 1130 thing on Saturday. And then on Halloween day, I was, it was, it was well, I thought it was 1130, but it turned out to be noon, but they served lunch and they had, of, of course, because they served lunch, they had like over 120 people. So yeah. that was pretty good. Uh, but uh, then I got home in time to sit and relax and do nothing. All Halloween night, which is not how you would think I would celebrate Halloween, but I was tired. Same here. I think that uh, the more more I do around Halloween, which is what I want to do. I want to have as many Halloween-y experiences as I can, but I don't want to have to, like, do it all, cram it all into one day.
1: (laughs) We've done it, though. Look at. What we've done in the past. We've gone out and worked right out well, to the last always, minute. I've always
0: kept Halloween off. Like that's always yeah. been I would just do stuff at home. But uh this year I made the exception because Stonehill College reached out and wanted me to speak at the Martin Institute and I was like, Oh well. Yeah, oh, well. oh yeah. So of course I'll do that All the time. got my uh, jacket with the suede elbow patches ready and everything. But um no, it was it was a great time and a great crowd and uh they really enjoyed the presentation. They they laughed at my jokes, which is all that I care about. So
1: yeah, it's good school. Actually, my father went there,
0: and it has a haunted history. Yeah. So I talked a little bit about some of that because you got to be careful because when you're talking about and this is something that we can talk about tonight is you got to be careful when you're talking about. The history of a place, like when you show up at a place and you're like, "Let me tell you about all the ghost stories of where you are and where you live and work and go to school or whatever it else." Yeah. You know, it, it you've got to be careful because you're you're telling them something that a they probably already know, and that you're getting from the internet or from a book or from wherever it is you might have gotten the research from and that might not be the truth you know that might and so you might run a follow of what they already know and what they've experienced and then two you don't know who's in the crowd that's actually personally connected to some of those stories and might get upset that you're telling those stories so it's it, you got to kind of be careful what you go with and i try to go with what will be the more public domain type legends gotcha you know, something, something that might be, you know, a hundred years old, or it might be something that, uh, that, uh, even if there is family in the building, like it's going to be a story that, Oh yeah, yeah. We've heard that a lot, you know? So, uh, but it was great. It was fun. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun getting out there all season long, but now spooky season is over. We've moved on. Now it's the holiday season, I guess. Food season. Yeah. There'll be a lot of that, but there'll also be a lot of, uh. Uh, incessant Christmas music and yeah, well, people and unavoidable and shopping and all that kind of stuff so yeah, I guess we gotta do it but I, I am going to uh, champion the cause to make you know if we if we have to start like November 1st celebrating Christmas then we're gonna start celebrating Halloween September 1st I mean we already do here on this show but yeah, no. I'm gonna try to make it more of a formal actually thing. We
1: kind of promote it year round but okay
0: you, right. But, you know, we call it spooky season starting pretty much right on, right around September 1st. Uh, so we will be talking about a variety of different topics tonight. And you can chime in and get involved in the conversation by calling in at 508-996-0500. You can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. So that's a way that you can actually, you can tweet us, tweet us. Text yeah. us live in the studio. You can tweet too, but I um, I don't really pay attention to Twitter anymore or X or whatever they're calling it. I don't really pay attention to it. I, I never have. <laughs> to me, it's just, it's a pain to, it, the algorithm doesn't work. I can't use the third party app that I used to use, TweetDeck that made it easy to see everything on my account, on the Spooky account. So I just don't even pay attention to it. So if you are tweeting at all, I apologize, but I'm not going to see it. Uh, but you can text us directly in the studio by using the app chat option on the WBSM app. And if you haven't downloaded Downloaded the app. I recommend it. It's a great way to listen to the show. You can hear the live stream and crystal clear FM quality sound, and you can send us those text messages. We can either text you back or we can read it on the air. You can also record a message, although I will say because of the format of this show, because we run all the commercials at the beginning, we don't take a break where I can actually preview those messages before we play them, I could do it during the news break at the top of this, the top of the hour here. But um, generally, if you want to have a, a recorded call, a recorded message, it's probably best to leave that before the show and then we can work it in. Uh, but let's go to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello.
2: I just finished a couple of Manhattans. But uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> anyway, um, I want to ask that. Um, what's his name? Manise. Yeah. If he's ever been to the State Hospital.
0: Actually
1: a long time ago,
0: yes. Yeah, he, thankfully though he was able to get uh released yes. after a few years. <laughs> no, I used, look, much I used to live in the better Indiana. now. <laughs> You'd rather have <laughs> a bottle to- in front of you than have a frontal lobotomy. So it yeah. doesn't it doesn't work when I sing about you. But the answer to your question is yes.
2: But I like what you had last night. That looked good. <laughs> but anyway, um no, um I, I lived in Danvers, and um I lived in uh, uh off one twenty eight. Near the uh, tower, there the water tower. Yep. And we had a um, some lady that was she was uh, uh, going around the tower and all that stuff, and she came to our front door. <clears throat> in fact, my parents had gone out. We were young, and we had a babysitter. And um, so she came to the door, and she escaped from the hospital. And um, and then actually, I was telling Tim that my my father's uh, cousin she she was put in there too. But he asked me if she worked there. I said, no, she was she was a patient. But, uh, you know, not me. But uh, anyway.
1: It's all so you've been condominiums there. now, I think. Yeah, would,
2: they're all condominiums, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But you've been there before?
1: Yes. When, before? Uh, I, yeah. uh, not when it was functioning, but uh, after it was abandoned, yes. Well, oh, okay. it never was really completely abandoned until I I think like the early mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah. But during the eighties yeah. it, it it was still a functional place. I had an aunt that actually was a nurse that worked there for a short time. So yeah. yeah, I'm quite familiar because my mother's family's from up in that area. Oh, where are they from? Uh well the Boston area. They they grew up in Charlestown in Southie. Yeah, yeah. Oh in Southie, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, my pa- my parents were born out there too. My father was born in Winthrop and I was born there too.
1: I love Winthrop. Winthrop is a hidden little gem in Boston that most people. Beautiful out there. Most it's a it's a small town in the middle of a city.
2: Yeah, it's right near Riviera, but we were right near the beach. that's where I was born. Right there, yeah, it was really nice
1: there. Yeah. But now, the answer to your question is yes, but there was a number of um, reports on I think the, the second floor and the third floor of stuff happening if you're looking for the history and the lore and uh of course in every place like that in the basement yeah yeah oh boy yeah it was a huge place i'm
2: glad i didn't go visit her (laughs) (laughs) but anyway well you guys have a good night tonight and um i'm looking forward to listening to the
0: whole show well thank you very much yes and
2: tim you be nice
0: tonight (laughs) <laughs> Be nice. What do you mean? I'm always I'm nice. I'm
2: kidding. I know you are. I'm just kidding. I just hope you have a good night tonight. I know yesterday you had a bad
0: day. I did. I had a rough uh, day yesterday. Yeah, but I I, uh, I took care of that by visiting uh, that new Indian restaurant. So.
2: Oh, did you like it? My brother wanted to go there. Yeah,
0: it was very yeah, good. Loves, I mean, he loves the, Indian food. I thought I was just going to go and grab some takeout food because I I just with it's just a long day and then I. Still had to go fold my laundry. Got my laundry folded just in time before they closed the laundromat, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to grab something to eat rather than cook. So I figured I would go in there and grab something, but they were like, oh, it's a 40 minute wait. You know, we're pretty busy with takeout, so I said, okay, let me sit at the bar and wait. And then I had a couple of drinks. So I saw that one with the olives, <laughs> and what was that? What
2: was that one with the olives on there?
0: That was actually those were maraschino cherries. Oh no kidding! So that That's was like a that olives. was that was a Manhattan. Uh, okay. which was yeah. very, very good, and before that I mm. had their signature cocktail, which is a uh, it's an old fashioned
2: oh yeah, that's good, that's so
0: good. yeah they're very good it's stuff Nike the bartender over there, that 's his name Nike, just like the shoe uh yep, he, he did like a fantastic job, so or the yeah,
2: my brother wanted to go there there and get some food, but i don't i'm not I don't like uh, curry and all that. Well, I I got
0: Tikka Masala and I ordered it medium because you never know how spicy a place is going to have it for the first time you're having it. And medium to me had like, you know, very little spice at all. So next time I'd probably go spicier. And
2: they have Chinese too, right? It's like a Chinese and Indian.
0: I don't think so. No, I think it's just Indian.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. All righty, then. Have a good night today. I'll All be right.
0: Listening to you all you as well. Take care. Take care. Bye. And uh, yeah, not to not to give a little commercial there for the Indian place, but <laughs> good good stuff. And that's that's where I was unwinding last night. So, and you know me, I never really drink, so I had two drinks, and you can just imagine what that put me in a state of. Yeah.
1: Well, bear in mind your bartender. His name is one of the messengers of the gods. You know. Well, uh,
0: he, uh, he really messed up this God, that's for sure. Uh, so, But going back to the idea of Danvers, I still remember that was a night where we weren't on the air because it was a Saturday night when when the fire happened, when it burned yeah. down. Uh, but we weren't on the air for, I think it was a Red Sox game or for some reason or another, we weren't on the radio. So we said, we're just going to go and we're going to try and do it live from my house. And this is before we had the ability to like, live stream from anywhere. And this was yeah. very touch and go- we were-
1: we were tr- still trying to reach you know that technical level.
0: We we didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> but we were able to get it out there and I think it worked and uh, and it actually was happening live and we had Chris Balzano calling in to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, and I just remember like it was it was kind of a shock to people that uh, this was gone and really how was anybody surprised because that's what happens to all of them eventually, right? They all eventually burn down yep. and
1: and uh, I have a friend who is connected. I might be able to get us into Lakeville before they take it down.
0: Now, uh, at this point, like, uh, I don't think anything. I'm talking
1: legitimately, be it, at with this, legitimate access. At
0: this point, I don't think anybody's ever going to buy that land. No, everything, every deal they've tried to enter into for it has fallen through. Maybe it's cursed. Or maybe they just want too much money and the town is too restrictive about what can be built in there. It could be either one. Either way do you want to go? Um I don't know, maybe.
1: Okay. Ask just, me
0: when I, ask me when I'm not exhausted. Okay. <laughs> but well,
1: the I'm gonna do it just b- before it actually does happen would, to I be would just, torn down. I so. just
0: be careful. I don't want to talk about it too much on the air and okay. give people ideas. Because then they're gonna try to go there first and break in to try to do it.
1: Not a good idea is armed
0: security. And, uh, listen, they're not doing anything when they sit there in that booth. They're really bored. So give them, give them a reason to get up and uh, get out of the chair and they'll, they'll happily do it. Although I did try one time, you know, showing up and offering the guy 20 bucks just to let me drive around. And he said, no. So I was like, but, but I just, I'm not even gonna get out of the car. He's like, nope, can't do it. And of course, you know, the story, I think I've told this story before. I guess I can tell it now it's years later. But um, we reached out to them to try to film Ghost Stalkers there, the people that owned it, and we offered them $6,000, which was pretty much our entire location budget. But we offered them $6,000 to get in there for one night, and they said no because they were so, so worried that if it was put on television, they would have people breaking in every night. And at that time, they thought that they had the deal all secured for it to become Cisco. Yeah. So, like, they were they were worried. Of, they weren't. They were worried about people trying to break in, knowing that it was probably going to get torn down. As it turns out, it didn't turn into that. So I'm glad that uh, you know we didn't put it on television. But still, anyway, I don't want to talk too much. You know, there's, uh, there's 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 still a place that we went to years ago that we investigated. Uh, one of our first investigations, the Spooky South Coast, and we got an EVP there. But now we yeah. can't talk about it anymore yeah. because people ruined it. And yes. I just saw the story pop up, and it of course. wasn't
1: us that ruined it so no, years years yeah. later, yeah,
0: but there was well, and it was actually a a website that put yeah. up a story about it that horrible only in your state site that just takes crap from all over the internet and just doesn't bother to check anything out, but anyway, uh that story popped back up and what is they,
1: it mutated to this time? No, it
0: was the only in your state story. But somebody yeah. was sharing it locally for Halloween and on in yeah. one of the local Facebook groups. And normally I would jump in there and be like, don't go. They don't want you. And I was like, you know what? I can't. I can't anymore. Let them find out. I can't. I can't spend the energy anymore protecting all these places that, uh, that people just foolishly go into. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're on WBSM Spooky South Coast. Hello, you're on the air. No? Okay. Well, you can try calling back 508-996-0500. So, this has been a very interesting week in the paranormal world. Uh, we've seen some some drama that has popped up. What a surprise, right? Drama in the paranormal world. That but, happens. Well, I thought maybe we would at least get, you know, Halloween week off from it, but no, apparently <laughs> not. So we can get into a little bit of this maybe, but I also don't want to, I don't want to get too deep into the specifics of it. But uh, basically there's a YouTube show, I guess, called Sam and Colby. These guys go out and I don't know. I don't keep track of all these shows, but me there's, there's a, oh, I, I, I don't think I plugged it last week, but let me just mention uh, the Lizzie Borden house made an appearance on this WWE YouTube show that they do where they have some of their wrestlers that go out and look into, you know, it's like a ghost hunting show, but with some of the wrestlers that they do on their YouTube channel and it visited the Lizzie Boyden house. And you can go check that out because our own WBSM's own Phil Devitt, our digital managing editor, uh, he actually was the person helping them with that and giving them all the history of it. So go check that out because, you know, as much as, I get aggravated with the things that go over at the Lizzie Borden House. Phil does a great job, and well, there are he knows his the stuff.
1: There are some wrestlers that are into it, like you and I have dealt, with, you know, with Chris Jericho. We have hung out with him and done some investigations and stuff like that. So, having you know WWE wrestlers go visit this place isn't, you know, out of the realms.
0: They, and when they did every year when they were on the Sci Fi channel and yeah. they had the ECW show on Sci Fi at the time, they would always have wrestlers that would go out with Ghost Hunters for a special yeah. crossover episode. So they wrestled, I think they brought like Kofi Kingston, CM Punk, uh, Orlando Jordan. I think these are like some of the guys that might have gone out and, and investigated with them. But this show is just the wrestlers um, kind of on their own. It was pretty good. I only watched a little bit of it. But uh, I'll I'll sit down and watch the whole thing eventually. But I just I didn't have the time to get into it. But uh, Phil does a great job on it, so it's worth checking out. And also, two of my favorites are on it: Carrion Cross, who I think is very underused, and his wife Scarlet, who is yeah, okay. she's to me she's the the most uh, attractive female in all of WWE. But anyway. There's so there's this YouTube show. I guess it's on YouTube. Sam and Colby they go out to all these places. It's like that typical web show where they send these people. These people go out into a supposedly haunted place and get the crap scared out of them. And oh my god, oh, they're like they're not paranormal investigators. Yeah. It's all about freaking out. And they always have the YouTube thumbnail is always them with like their mouths open agape gape and so shocked by something. And you know it's just it's it's painful, but. They spent a week at The Conjuring House, not recently. They actually filmed it a while ago, but they just released it last week or the week before. And they brought in some other, like, famous YouTubers and stuff like that. And so I guess on this, Cody Cody Desbians, who we've had on the yeah. show before, Satori Haas, who is the daughter of Jason Haas from Ghost Hunters, they did this technique that they do where they say that when they hold hands, these knockings appear. Oh, not like that. That's just me hitting my microphone, not a ghost. But they say that these knockings will appear. And I was skeptical of it when I first heard about it. And when I was there the first time to see it, they were doing it in the seance room downstairs. And I was like, I'm going to walk away from this because I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I had no reason not to believe them, but I, I just was like, meh, eh, not my thing. And so I went off and did something else with some other folks while they were doing it. But then later on that night, they did it in the upstairs of the, of the conjuring house in one of the, one of the former bedrooms. And they had some very profound things that came through for Andrea Perrin, who was there. And, uh, and she's talked about this publicly. So I guess I can too. It was her sister who passed away, who is sharing messages And all I know is that as these knockings were happening, you know, I'm thinking to myself, all those ways that people used to debunk it during the spiritualist era, uh, you know, toes popping, joints popping, all those kind of things. And I'm expecting to hear the noise coming from where they are. They're on the other side of the room from where I am. And where I'm standing, I'm sitting, I'm standing, uh, Ken DaCosta sitting next to me on the bed I'm kind of leaning up against the closet door that was opening on its own and I'm hearing the knocks happen on the wall next to me, on the ceiling over me, and I can feel the vibration of the knocks happening. So to me, that gives it a little bit more of a resonance because that means that there's a physical knock. It's not just the sound of a knock. And, uh, and I couldn't figure it out and I've seen them do it, uh, a few more times since then. And same kind of thing happens. You know, it's not coming from where they are. So I've seen a lot of these videos that are out there now. People have been sending them to me trying to debunk, you know, these, these videos, debunking them and saying that they're popping their joints and all that. I can tell you that in my experience, I don't think that that's what was happening, but I, I can't tell you what was happening. You know, I don't know exactly what's going on.
1: But, you know, it wasn't
0: X. But I know I, it's I, I don't think that it's a speaker that they have hidden under their clothing. I don't think it's a speaker that they've hidden in the house. I'm pretty sure that if I called them and said, well, I, you know, I was going to call them to come on the show tonight, but they're at the, this, uh, paranormal convention in New Jersey. But if we called them and had them sit here in the studio, it would happen in here too. And they would not have any access ahead of time to the studio to be able to put any speakers in or to be able to, you know, rig up anything. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I just know that. Because, all right, I'm just trying to lay that all out because I want to take the conversation in a different direction than where a lot of other people have taken it. And we're probably going to piss some people off and that's okay. If you get pissed off, you can call in 508-996-0500. My problem is with the certainty of the people who have been putting up videos debunking this. And again, I'm not saying that I I don't think that it's worth scrutiny. I think anything that anybody sees that's that's a a technique that gets results should be scrutinized. People should look at it with a with a critical eye and try and make sure. And again, I'm not saying this because I know them, um, but you should never take anybody at face value. Well,
1: it's called empirical
0: research. Well, I mean, I'm going to be careful about using that because it's no, not it's not empirical well, research if you, you're not
1: there. It's empirical research if you're looking at least looking at something. You can't make any complete determination. That's not how science works. Science is well. What do I know? I've only been doing thirty something years, but it it is
0: you're working on the current theory or current understanding. Things change, so this isn't even science, though. This is just making a video on social media where you're commenting on something. This is just. This is really just an analyzing and i don't think it
1: doesn't even sound like analyzing it sounds more like proselytizing
0: well they're coming in already you know planning to debunk it without knowing the details of yeah, that's it and again i i'm not i'm not i'm not sitting here telling you that you need to believe in what happened i'm just telling you that you need to not believe everything that people are telling you in these videos because they're pulling stuff out of their ass to try to explain this yeah i got it and the other part of it is There is, there's, there's a lot of, and I'm going to just sound like cranky old man in the paranormal here. There's a lot of people who are crapping on this and or on anything in the paranormal that are coming from a real point of certainty when they don't have anything to be sure about people who have been doing this for a year or two. The suddenly, whole can subject tell everybody can, is
1: uncertain in when you're dealing with the paranormal. So, doing anything else in it is right. Just well, as a, so
0: let me give you an example. Okay. I went into the library in Sandwich last week. Okay. And I took a photo because they put a sign up, and everybody that had a sign up all throughout the season, I took a photo in front of the sign. And I'm doing that for a reason and I'm putting it up there for a reason. I am showing the library that, you know, there's some social media promotion because if they're going to pay me to come and speak at their library, they want to see that I was engaged with the process. It's, it's just part of the deal. Yep. And so I'm not taking photos with this because I'm like, Hey, look at me, look at how famous I am. Like I'm at a local library. I'm trying to show them that I support them and so i walked in and they had you know welcome paranormal expert or ghost expert whatever said but it used the word expert Uh, okay tim weisberg and i took a picture in front of it and i you know jokingly put hey it's on a sign in a library so it must be true and of course i'm going to get those complaints from people that say how can you call yourself an expert well first of all i didn't call myself an expert somebody else is putting that label to me and number two this is something we call sarcasm people do you want me to show you the bio that i send to those to every library all you have to do is go and look at the library's website that's the bio that i send them it doesn't say the word expert in there anywhere um but also i am starting to push back on the idea of that you can't call yourself an expert because actually you know what i'm not gonna even say starting to i'm officially pushing back on that because yeah i am i'm an expert i'm an expert in the things that i'm talking about I'm an expert in, in this particular case, talking about the ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, because I'm talking about the legends, I'm talking about the stories, I'm talking about the research and the experiences that I've had myself. First-hand stuff. In some cases, not everything. True, but- but I would call and I've spent a lot of time researching and writing and dis, and uh, uh, building these PowerPoint presentations that I do and practicing them and rehearsing them and putting them all. So, yeah, you know what? I am. I am an expert. I'm an expert at it. And you know what? You can be an expert in the paranormal because the whole idea of how can you be an expert in something that doesn't exist is a bogus argument. It's a bogus argument because, of course, you can be an expert in something that you don't know for sure that it exists. You can be an expert by studying it, by knowing all the theories about what people think about it, by also knowing why some people think that it doesn't exist, and to be able to pull this knowledge out at at any given moment to be able to share with other people. That's what an expert is. That's what an expert does in a variety of things. And for anybody who says you can't be an expert in something that you don't know that exists, I'll say, well, then what do you call a theologian? Right. Because I don't know for sure that God exists, but yet they can call We're themselves an expert and anything to do with God.
1: There are plenty of theoretical physicists, too. You know, Right. They,
0: Would you tell me that they're not experts?
1: For knowing something that hasn't been truly shown to be evident yet.
0: Yes. So I just thought that No, it was, I get your point. I just thought that it was ridiculous. Like, we got to get over that. Like, should you go around calling yourself an expert? No, but you should never call yourself an expert in any field. Like, that's just stupid. It sounds pompous when you do that. I would never walk in, if I was, if, if what I studied instead of the paranormal was the Civil War, and I was out speaking on the Civil War, I would never refer to myself as Civil War expert Tim Weisberg. I would call myself Civil War researcher, or Civil War historian, or even Civil War buff, um, and that's how I would put it out, but if somebody was to put on a library sign Civil War expert Tim Weisberg nobody would be going on social media and saying like how dare you call yourself an expert in the Civil War you weren't there
1: exactly so I get you
0: I don't know it's a little bit of a soapbox I know that I got on but I think I think it's time that we move past some of these stupid petty arguments in the paranormal
1: that'll never happen
0: yeah well I mean we can move past them oh yeah but uh, so anyway that kind of irked me a little bit but the self-righteousness of a lot of what I've seen is what has been bothering me. The idea of you can be so sure that you can debunk what somebody's doing. And again, maybe maybe it could be, but it's not happening by you sitting there uh, making a YouTube video or a TikTok video and saying, look, I've debunked it. Because you want, you know what, and I'll even go so far as to say, You weren't in the room. I was. And so now you're going to tell me that what I experienced, I was incorrect in my assessment of, because you watched a video that said that in the 1850s, people were popping their joints and calling it a ghost. Or my favorite is, uh, well, the Fox sisters said that they, that they were faking it all, but not really. What happened was one of the Fox sisters who had a drinking problem admitted to a newspaper under duress or under under questioning from the newspaperman, yes, I did, I did per- per- take part in a hoax. And she was drunk at the time, and some versions of the story say that she was being bought drinks as she was conducting this interview and basically telling this guy what he wanted to hear. It hits the paper the next day. Then they try to recant it. Nobody bothers to publish the, them recanting it. By that point, right. the damage had already been done.
1: Another good example of that. <clears throat> type of thing Doug and Dave
0: is uh, that another YouTube show? I don't watch that n- no.
1: Doug Bauer, t- Dave Chorley were the two old men with the sticks and rope claiming to be the ones making all the, all the crop circles that made a big news splash and you know and that's what everybody came to believe you know Fast forward several months later, they're like, yeah, uh, we lied. The government paid us to tell the story and, you know, this and that. So, but n- the news media never picked up on that.
0: Or yeah. when, or when those guys had the, the, the Bigfoot costume in the freezer. freezer. Yeah. And then later on, they said that was really Bigfoot. No, I'm just kidding. That never happened. That really was just a costume in the freezer. But, you yeah, know. I know what you meant. But that's the problem is, is we focus on what we want to hear in a lot of this. And because something happens and we don't want to believe it, then the minute somebody can come out with a way to say that it's it's not that we just jump right on that and say, "Yep, you're right." And maybe they're right, maybe maybe it is what you're saying it is, but maybe it's not too. And the level of certainty is what has bothered me. Nobody nobody reached out to Cody and Satori and said, "Hey, there's a lot of questions about the legitimacy of this. Would you like to talk to us about it and talk to us about what happens and, and kind of share that with us? Or maybe we could create a controlled environment in uh, which you can come why don't in.
1: We do an experiment.
0: And, you know, and, and you could actually try and see if there's something to it. But the problem is, is they just see something that goes. And then what happens is one person makes a video and then another person decides they're going to make a video saying the same thing. Even though they didn't actually do any research for about it themselves, they are just copying what the other person said, assuming that they did research about it. And why are they all doing it for the same thing that they're accusing people of doing of, of, of fabricating things for? Oh, you're just trying to fabricate things for clout. You're just trying to fabricate things to get famous. Well, then what are you making these videos for? Do you really, do you really have some altruistic purpose of your, uh, it's, a, uh, I'm going to re- weed out all the fakes and the paranormal. No, you just want people to click and like your video too. You just want people to subscribe to your TikTok account. You just want people right. to help so you, you generate revenue. Ad,
1: yeah. ad revenue. Yeah. So
0: it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit disingenuous and I don't know. I feel like there's just too much of it going on. And, it, and I'm just using this case as an example uh, it happens quite a bit oh there's uh, plenty of it
1: look at the UFO field and abduction and contact these stuff
0: well and I was I was going to mention before you know Calvin Parker, a guy yeah. who waited until this late in life to share his story and that alone has led to people saying, well obviously he's just trying to make a buck like just now he decided you know what I think I'm gonna to make I think I'm gonna make up a story even though you know for years he he refused all offers to talk about it.
1: Luckily, I got to meet him and Hickson decades ago, twenty, almost thirty years ago. Oh, wow! So I got a chance to sit down t- with both of them and listen to their story firsthand. And this is on a private, you know, UFO conference that was like invitation only type of thing. And they were very, 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 very genuine. Uh, and Parker Calvin didn't, you know, write his book until he knew he was dying. Most people don't realize that he, the, the the impetus for him to write the book was he found out he was dying.
0: Well, he's still with us, thankfully. No, he isn't. I thought he still was. No. Didn't he just have a birthday?
1: He died about 3 or 4 months ago.
0: Oh, okay. So maybe I did not miss that after his birthday. But I remember I like wished him happy birthday and he said thank you. So I was like, "Wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if he's if he's dead then, you know, we're getting some uh some Facebook likes from beyond." Which also I mean, <laughs> that, that also happened to me, too, so I can't really uh, well, say if that doesn't happen.
1: Uh, I I was with Andy uh, late this weekend, and I'm going to share a story with you because it's, I'm not going to get in give names or stuff like that, and I'm sure Andy won't mind me sharing this. Um, as you know, he was um, caring—I I don't want to say necessarily caring, but helping out a neighbor down the road— he was basically a chauffeur, brought him to, you know, hospital me hospitals and grocery stores and wherever he had to go. He was elderly. And um, he, the the guy's daughter's like, uh, can you go check on dad? Because uh, he has an answer on his phone. And he found him. He actually had to go get the spare keywords hidden, open the back kitchen door and found him deceased on the floor. And Andy had to go uh, inform the police and uh, the family. And the daughter was like really like blown away because she said, given what they estimate to be the time of death, and that's why she had, had him, you know, check that he she received a quote unquote phone call from mom and dad's house that were the phone was never working anymore, but it was still, you know, because he had this other phone line. So she got basically a, a phone call right around the time of his death, and he was nowhere near her phone. And the phone number that lit up in her phone was a phone number that was no longer in use, type of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, we've heard lots of stories about that. And I personally had that happen with my mother. Yeah. So we've, we've, we've also seen the evolution of it, which we can get into, but we got a call here. I don't want to keep them on hold, but sorry. I was talking with somebody about this just this past week. Cause they asked me a question about it at one of my presentations. And I, and I said, listen, like, because they got an email. It, hap-
1: it happens more than people realize.
0: They got an email after, and I was like, listen, this is, is just an evolution of something that's been going on as long as we've had this type yeah. of communication. It started with phone calls. Now it's worked its way to text messages and emails, emails and social media posts and all that. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM Spooky South Coast. What's
3: shaking, Playboy? What's
0: going on, Lamone? Just living and
3: loving. Hey, say, Matthew, I have a question for you. You used to do, like, a lot of uh, uh, hosting of, like, a lot of of other paranormal programs on, like, the paranormal uh, uh, network you guys used to have. You know what what I'm talking about? It was, like, like a podcast. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Uh, I need a little bit more clarification. I've done lots of podcasts with other people.
3: I know that there was, like, a thing that you're doing, like, uh, with somebody, like, um, Something about the military, uh, about the military. Yeah, oh, it's just, oh, and I, and it's like military, uh, I don't know,
0: something like that. Are something you thinking just, of, uh, like Mac Maloney's Maloney. Military X Files?
3: Yes, there you go. Was that, yeah, get out of my head. <laughs> Can <say>? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> At least exactly. wipe your feet. Exactly.
1: <laughs> right.
3: Exactly. And, and hope yeah. the beach round game was good. I, <laughs> uh, I know Mac
1: Maloney. I, I, I was with him up in, um, New Hampshire. This past uh, uh, was for the Exeter event. Yeah. Ooh, Exeter, huh? D- Yeah.
3: Exeter, I mean, New is Hampshire. That guy, is that the guy? from Mark and, and Mindy? Exeter. Oh no, no this Exeter. <laughs> no. <I'm sorry>. No. <laughs> I can't see you, Mark. Where are you? that was Orson. And
0: by the no, way, no, no, no. He's thinking of, of the oh, other Orson. guy, the guy that lived in the, uh, yeah. in the building with them. Oh
1: yeah, okay. Agador, Agador, Agador.
3: It's Exeter. It's the exit door, and those, he, he came in. So um, last but- night I saw uh, Ambrosia. Okay. Like Ambrosia. Oh, the singer. Because I know you like. Yeah, the, the band. The band. I, I like the
0: salad. Yeah. Anything with marshmallows? That's for me. Yeah, yeah. I prefer the drink. Oh, that's
3: that Fantasia. The chick from the black chick from. from uh, uh, who won?
0: Uh, she was, yeah, that no, was you're no, of, Ambrosia. You're thinking of American Idol now.
3: Yeah, but that, but he's, I think that's who you're thinking of, Ambro, Fantasia. No, so, no, I like of the
0: salad. Did man? I answer your I question? Jello like no. and marshmallows.
3: Sorry. Yeah, the, no, no, the band, the band Ambrosia. Because the food, that was the food of the gods, but Ambrosia, the band. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know the You know, they're like I guess they're considered yacht rock remember them they they had a couple of really good songs like um the biggest part of me mm-hmm. that back back that i, I like them, them them so um and i'm going i'm supposed to be going i'm supposed to be going to see earth wind and fire so that even now mind you i've seen them easily a dozen times when my first time seeing them i was like i was less than I was, I was less than 10 years old i was like i was like maybe eight and i'm gonna go see them here in las vegas open the uh was Denise Williams, and back then, David Copperfield used to do their illusions in their stage show. So when they would come out of, out of the. It was like they were coming out of the Stargate. It looked like the Stargate is how the Stargate looked like. That's how they came looking like. It was off the chain. And see, a lot of people don't realize how much how much the it, it, how much the stage presence, the stage performance, is as important as actually the music to play.
1: You know? Look at Kiss. And,
3: oh, exactly. Hell yeah. And, and, and see, my favorite song by them was "Best." That's I hear you call it, but that's crazy. And it's like, and so I think that's a, that's a good song. But I'm like, a, you know, I got that kind of like, I guess that I still get the R&B in me. You know, it's like I like the the more mellow songs like that, like like by them. Uh, but also, I think that um, the, the best album, uh, asked, I think the probably the second best album of all time of theirs uh, was the Revenge album. They had like spit on it. I like that's That's a good song, and uh, they, and you
0: know the God gave rock and roll to you. That yep. song, oh, yeah. that was that great at the end of uh, Bill and Ted. Uh, Lamone, the question okay. came up this week. Somebody yes. wanted to know what the name of that group was that you were in. You forgot already? I, I forgot. Yeah.
3: Well, I'll tell you, but I'll have to call you to see that. I'd like to speak with you about something off the off the phone online. He's been trying. It's he's awesome. been trying to call me off air for days. Um,
0: he doesn't you realize I don't. I the play only play? time I ever talk on the phone is when I'm on the radio. Yeah, true.
3: Well, the but you—you you are not Donna Summers on the radio. Okay, but like, I was, but I—but I've got a question. To, I'm not trying to put on no Facebook. No bells. I got, I got, I got, I got, I've got too many people. Like, there's too many haters out there in the world.
0: Well, I can tell you and that our, said, our WBSM email is very secure. So if you want to send it via tim dot com. The government will not read it. I wanted
3: to cost to you personally, so I had to say, you say yes or no. So I was like, oh, I will put that in the box, or I'll put this in the box. That's what I'm talking about, so I Can't get any closer than that. Hello, I know I asked Matt. Matt said, so Go right ahead. Bring it, send him on. So you remember when I remember remember when I tried to I trying to hook him up with uh, uh, t- uh, Mike Tyson's daughter. Remember that picture? Uh, <laughs> right, I do time. remember <laughs> that. Yes.
1: <laughs> Show me that. I was like, oh god.
3: She looks like, just kind of have that, like a Linda Bolton Howe kind of look with her, her outfit, how Linda likes to wear those kind of outfits with that, you know, this scary hey, spice hey, kind of look. Hey,
1: Linda's a friend of mine. I love Linda.
0: No, he's, he's, he's <laughs> just not, making a like, comment about the, about the, uh, she is a very eclectic dresser. Yeah. Yes,
1: I'll give you that. Yeah,
3: And you know, uh, you know, uh, Ian, the dude that works, that's on, uh, her, sh- her show, right, Ian, he's coming to Las Vegas next Saturday. So he's going to be out here. My birthday's the 12th, so. I'm going to gonna probably go see Aerosmith, I'm not, I am I'm the Ariel Speedwagon, here with me. Ah. And it's like, you know, that'd be cool. I wish, wish you would come out here, Matt. We'd have some fun. But then again, I don't know. We'd, we'd probably have too much fun. And then Tim will be sad. And what we'll have, happens we'll have to, in Vegas have stays in Vegas. I
0: don't have, we can we can I don't have, have enough money to bail out two people. <laughs> well, who says
3: we have to bail out? Maybe I can show you what. Here, look, Who says I'm getting caught? You know, paper, rock,
0: scissors. <laughs> exactly. Who's going to who's gonna get released? All right, we're going to hold you there, Lamone, because we we got to wrap things up for this hour. Are,
3: are you going to do the show live next week? Are you going to do the show next Saturday live?
0: Uh, should be the week after. There won't be a show probably, but
3: my birthday is the twelfth, so you make sure you guys gather money and so whatever, or send gifts. Like I said, um, I, I like nice things, and so. But uh, I think that it would be nice for you guys to come out here. I I like. I want to take you guys to see a couple of places. Now, maybe have you guys been, been to the uh, been to the Grand Canyon?
0: I have not.
1: I've been over it.
3: And see, so, well, that's something that I think that every person you're lucky enough to be in America, come to the United States. That's something you should always see. That's when that's still one of the greatest, most beautiful, uh, 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 greatest things we've got on the surface. But it's like you see how it's supposed to start from that little river down there, and that's all kind of a it's, it's all leaves your mind a, 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 a gas. So did you speak to Ms. Ah, uh, Yeah, she, I to
0: you? she called in a few times, yeah.
3: Did she, was, she, was she all good? Did she? Did she at, was everything all smoothed out or whatever the case may be? All good. Okay, because I, I, I don't like anybody being mad at either one of us. You know, and it's like, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? We don't want anybody to be angry, mad at us. If you're going to be angry with us, let us give you a reason to be angry. That's like my mom used to say, you all cry. The world cries with you. And laugh, the, uh, laugh, the world laughs. with you cry, I give you a reason to cry. That's what I'm
0: saying. All right. We'll, we'll, and, hold, it, we'll hold it. you on that one because we're out of time thing, for the hour.
3: One more, oh, one more thing. If you want to think of a song that I would be good, like, as you know, like, want to scare people, like kids, like, oh, you're being bad. You, you know, like, think about impending doom or getting a spanking, whatever the case is. That song, I Like to Hurt People. From the I Like to Hurt People movie from 1984, listen to that song. That is a great song putting fear in people's put in kids' heads. And even if you don't spank them, the point of it is they're hearing that song, that's even more fun and exciting.
0: All right, this is taking a turn. Thank you, Lamone. You have a good night. Okay, God bless you, guys. Stay play up, play. God bless you. Stay have up, a great stay weekend. Down. Play on playing. Play All right. It, buddy. All right. That is the, the one and only Limon. Uh We are just about out of time for this hour When we come back in the next hour we can talk more with you 508-996-0500 You can also hit us up on App Chat On the WBSM app And uh, just remember that if you want to send us An App Chat message it doesn't have to be during the show When you go into the App Chat On the WBSM app it should say Automatically that it's sending you to Spooky South Coast You know when it's 10 to midnight on a Saturday But the rest of the time it'll just send you to Whatever show is on the air at the time So if you just toggle that and change it to Spooky South Coast, you can send that to us and uh, and then we'll be able to read it. And I actually have it set up so it sends that to a different email so that I know that it's a Spooky South Coast message. So it's uh, helpful if you change that. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. When we come back on the other side, we can dive more into some of this uh, stuff about these self-proclaimed experts who are trying, you know, as, mm-hmm. as I say, it's okay to call yourself an expert. But uh, these people who say that they can debunk these things without knowing anything about it, uh, we can also get into responsibility in the paranormal, which is something that I want to talk about. And I I was having this conversation with somebody earlier today about what responsibility we have in the ghosts that we deal with, the stories that we deal with, these encounters that we deal with, and the real-life kind of tragic counterparts to it. So, yes, we like to sensationalize everything and turn it into a great ghost story. But what about the actual truth that happened behind it? So we can get into some of that, too, as well. And, of course, we'll get your thoughts and opinions on it, too. Uh, We'll also tell you about something that's coming up that you can take part in if you want to come and join Stephanie and I out in Detroit. We're going to be out there. We're going to have some mom spaghetti on 8 Mile. We'll be back after the news. You are listening to... Spooky South Coast with Tim Moniz and my mom. two of spooky south coast tim weisberg here along with science advisor matt moniz and we are talking about the paranormal as we do once again each and every saturday and you can call in and join in the conversation at 508-996-0500 you can also send us app chat messages on the wbsm app we uh we have an app that came in here from mr pilgrim in ocala he says hey guys I'm a big fan of the show ever since you had Penny Dreadful on for the first time. I'm glad you're back because I've been going through all the old episodes. I have a couple of questions, and I apologize if you've already addressed this on the show. I'm up to about the year 2016 in my re-listen. What are your thoughts on the government admitting that UAPs or UFOs are real? And what did you think about the UFO citizens hearing back in July of this year? They spoke about non-biological entities, and I haven't heard anything else about it. Well, I'll turn to the, the UFO UAP guy first, the ufologist Matt Moniz.
1: Yes. Well, well, we all know that this was eventually coming. Now, keep in mind, what they're doing is they're slowly metering it out. It's called titrating information. Because if they dumped everything they had all at once, people would go absolutely bonkers with it. And they were things would go sideways. They also wouldn't be able to control the narrative of what they wanted to do otherwise. So they're slowly letting it out, letting people get used to the idea that there is other stuff going on that, you know, isn't us. And if you haven't gotten that memo yet, yes, we are not alone. So now they're slowly letting things out. Now, what happened uh, this summer with several of these meetings that they had in Congress... They're slowly getting the information out that, yes, we have materials and we have biologicals. And from there, they're going to, uh, best way to, how do I put it? They're going to spin it in a way that makes things beneficial for them. They're going to, and by them, I mean the people that are currently in control in the government and outside of government, mainly business. So that they can continue to uh, maintain control of the information and the technology. Because first things first, the, the people are making money off of it, want to continue to make money off of it. So look for that in the future. I mean, yes, we'll be able to get some of the information and then people will start making, we'll call it mundane things for everyday use. But right now it's under wraps because they're still using it for, you know, defense technology. Hopefully that answers some of the question.
0: Well, the I was just on a, a podcast yesterday. Um, I did a show called In Perspective, uh, which is hosted by a local guy, Bob Branco. And uh, they asked about, you know, that yeah. question. And, and I said, you know, what I find the most interesting about it is that when we started doing this show, you know, eight, almost 18 years ago... Th- this would have been a huge deal. Now, when you look at it, like, so they, they said, yeah, you know, we, we have proof that there are, and we are admitting that there are strange things in the sky that we don't know what they are. And, and everybody went ho-hum. Yeah. People are like, yeah, tell us something we don't know. Like, so that's the, the reaction to it has been the most surprising because it shows that, and I don't know necessarily where that reaction comes from because in some sense, it comes from the idea of, yes, we are aware of this. Like, we know that this, like, we, we, we're we looking at the skies. We see, we, we've we watched the videos. We know what's going on. I got a video with me with one. But in in some cases, I think also it comes from more of a perspective of that people are just distrusting of the government anyway, so that they assume yeah. that there's stuff that they aren't being told. So when you have that mixture of those two things, it kind of creates the perfect storm for people to, to, to be dismissive of it. And like, I would just argue that you don't want to be dismissive of it. You know, you don't want to just take it for granted and take it in stride. You want to have more information. Um, It's kind of the equivalency of, you know, in news reporting. And, and again, the news reporters have to do a better job of this. Thank God for people like Leslie Kane, who's been, you know, staying on this story, but, it, what you need is you need to ask the follow-up questions and not just wait for the next hearing to happen. So I look at it the equivalent of, of you know, if, if there's a, a shooting in the city of New Bedford, And we reach out to the police and we ask questions about it and we get a press release, but the press release doesn't really tell us anything. No. And then we, we have follow-up questions that we want to ask. And then we wait until it goes to the DA and then we ask questions from the DA's office and then, you know, then they go to trial and then we want to know what happens in the trial. We want to be there for the arraignment or we at least want to get the report of what happens in the arraignment. And then finally, when there's a, a sentencing and we want to know how that goes out, you know, it's sticking with the story. It's following along with the story instead of just waiting for them to feed us this the the information now unfortunately the way the news business works there's just not enough bodies anymore to stay on stories like there used to be so that you've got and also you've got a lot of even these major publications and major television networks are utilizing people who don't have the experience so you've got people that are not trained journalists who are basically doing journalism so you can't really fault them for not knowing because there's nobody there that's showing them the ropes are you
1: talking uh the old term i think it was called stringers
0: no i mean that's something that has always kind of been the case i mean like you've got people that are now um you're hiring people who are You know, bloggers, web designers, people who are good at at, at WordPress as opposed to people who actually know the reporting. So it's more about what you're putting on the page and how you're getting it on the page than it is actually getting the information to put on the page. And, And in that regard, what you're getting is a lot of copy and paste of press release, copy and paste of other stories, aggregation of other sites and other stories. So there's no nobody's making new news. So what you have instead is you have you'll go to CNN and or or fox news news. or whatever you want to put it and you'll have you know instead of their own individual report and maybe some of those news outlets you know depending on the story have actual people covering it but you get a lot of people that are just kind of here's what they're saying about this and here's what here's what this reported and here's what this report and they're just kind of aggregating it all and then what happens is you've got other sites like buzzfeed and vox and things like that where they're taking all of those bits and pieces of news And then offering commentary within it as well without differentiating his commentary. And then people really don't know what to do because it's, you know, unless you are savvy enough to know, like, you know, people that listen to WBSM, I'd like to think are savvy enough to know the difference between opinion and reporting. But you know what I found? They are not. Like, and that's not, I'm not slighting them at all, but I'm saying like you can hear clearly where people don't understand that distinction and it's not their fault. It's because that's the way that things are being presented now. So it it comes down to a matter of, unless you spend the time to train yourself to be discerning in it, you don't know the difference. So you are getting, and, and that's, that's helpful in a story like this because the more, if you are looking to hold back information then the more people add in their own opinion into that information right. the more the information itself becomes diluted un- actually diluted but also unbelievable to people yeah. so you know if you've got if you've got somebody writing about the tic tac ufo for example which i think most people have come to accept is you know factual we've we've yeah. <laughs> Is recorded on government equipment that's calibrated, but you know. I don't think anybody's like questioning the validity of that story, but then you'll have that story existing and then you'll have it go beyond and there'll be somebody who, and somebody will reference the Tic Tac story, but say, and also we've talked to this person that got abducted by purple aliens who said that they gave them a sex change operation.
1: Frank function?
0: No, that was, he didn't actually go through the process. They just saw him as that. Okay. But so you'll have that kind of story happen and then you'll have, um, you know, a discrediting of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, unfortunately that's happening across the board where you're only, people are taking one story, one, one case. And they're usually using that to debunk or to, to uh, discredit everything else. So yes, you know, a couple of guys and Tom Biscardi teamed up to create a hoax about a, a Bigfoot suit in a freezer. And that's been proven to be a hoax. So you have people that look at that and say, so every other Bigfoot story is a hoax.
1: There were a couple of them, but yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's that's yeah. that's the no, way that people want to look at you. it. You know, and uh the same thing happens with, say, you know, the Amityville case. If there's one aspect of it that proves to be an embellishment or not true, then people are just gonna assume the whole rest of it isn't true. And that that goes with everything. And it's because we're we're pre we already have a predisposition to feel one way or another about it. And so we're letting that one little thing give us that confirmation bias about it. You know, just as an example, not to make this political, but yesterday there was a, there was a story about one of the uh, one of the migrants that's living at uh, at Joint Base Cape Cod turned out to be someone who was convicted of murder in Venezuela, and made it through, and got into the country, even though you know technically we shouldn't be allowing somebody who is a convicted murderer to come in he got in so now everybody's like see we can't all the migrants are criminals we can't trust any of them it's one case out of millions really but in this case thousands so the same thing happens with this you've got one case maybe where there's a, a psychic who who is defrauding people That doesn't mean that every psychic is defrauding people. Leave Miss Cleo alone. She talked... You know, there was a great documentary about her. I think it was on Max, the Max streaming app. And it was... Because I actually had conversations with Miss Cleo before she died. Really? Yeah, I was trying to get her to come on the show. So we started emailing back and forth, and I was trying to get her to come on. And I think we had one phone conversation, and I was trying to like push her to come on and share her story. And she was like, no, no, I, I don't want to. And it turns out it's cause she was probably working with, with, you know, document documentarians. and uh, mm-hmm. didn't want to blow it, but, uh, she was kind of saying that, um, at that time that, you know, she was given the script and that she was just following along with what she was told. Now that story has kind of morphed a little bit into that. She did have abilities and she did, you know, there's people who have come out and vouched that she did, um, some pretty spectacular things for them. But at the time, what she was telling me was that, you know, it was all scripted and it was all just designed to keep people on the phone. And I was like, this is a fascinating story. And I think you need to to come on and tell it. And she was like, no, I'm, you know, non-disclosure agreements. Don't want to get sued, all that kind of stuff. But I was very interested in that story because it shows that, there was an effort made to prey upon people's belief. And that wasn't coming from the psychics themselves. It was coming from the company that realized they could utilize psychics to do that. And so I look at that as being kind of a a line of... See, Stephanie and I argue about this all the time. Because <laughs> she gets aggravated when there are psychics and mediums out there that are not legit, that are pushing themselves as you know being these celebrity famous psychics and you should pay me $700 to give you a reading. And, and here's the way that I look at it is she just looks at it as they're a fraud. I look at it more as if there's somebody who is overplaying their hand. I was talking about this too on that podcast yesterday that you've got, you've got psychics who have a, just a little bare minimum of that gift, little bare minimum of that ability. And then they think that that's enough to go out there and start charging people for it. But I'm not going to, you know, I can, I can throw a football. I can pick up a football and I can toss it 10 yards to you. But I'm not going to suddenly decide that I should go and try out to be in the NFL. You know, I'm not going to and, and expect that people pay to come and see me throw that football. And some people are like Tom Brady. They're, they're, they're born with a natural ability to throw that football better than anybody. But he still put in the work and worked at that every day to get better and better and better and better at it. And I think that the good psychics, for example, do that. Others are just like, you know what? I can pick up the football and throw it. So you should come and pay to see me throw it. And I I just feel like that's not good enough.
1: Well, I think you might be able to make it in Minnesota.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, listen, I think right now the Patriots would be happy to have anybody that could throw (laughs) a football. So maybe I would have a chance. Uh, sorry, Mac Jones. It's it's just not you, but I think that there's um, I think that there's a need for some discernment from people who are utilizing these services with psychics and mediums. There's some need for people to have discernment when they're hearing stories about UFOs, UAP, whatever you want to call them in the news. There's it, it, it kind of does fall on you to realize that you are dealing with something where there's going to be biases in the way that people look at it. Yes. And and, and unfortunately, that shouldn't be the case. But with a thing like UFOs, that bias can't be helped in some cases. Well, it's, it was put in place to
1: dissuade people from looking into it further back in the day because they didn't understand what they were dealing with. So the first thing they did is that, you know, I don't know. I've got it. I, I I need prying eyes to look away so I can get a better handle on what it is and how can I make something out of it. So the, it, when people started poking, the government didn't want anybody, you know, looking over their shoulder was what they had and what they were trying to do. So they made an agreement with academia to help push that, you know, oh, this is a nonsense thing. Don't don't bother listening to this. This is, you know, kooky kooky. Oh,
0: see, you're 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 going a little bit more conspiratorial into this than I would. I look at it more as just it's human ego. Like, uh, you know, if you say to a scientist, look, UFOs, the scientist is, and I'm I know. Yeah. You're going to say you're a scientist, I know. But I'm saying like if you point it to, to to the average person and you say, oh, look, UFOs, there's these things in the sky that we can't explain. Well, of course, the average scientist is going to say, no, that's impossible because they can't explain it and they can't let you believe in something that they can't explain. So I think human ego, it plays a, yeah. a bigger part in this than really than anything, because we don't like to have things that we can't explain. It's the same reason why everybody wants to offer an opinion on what happened in say the Lizzie Borden case. Yep. You're not, you're never going to know you don't know, but you're just saying that because you can't let it lie that you, you don't know. You can't just say that you don't know. So 508 508-996-0500. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. Yeah, You're, I knew I was going to do it at least once. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
4: And it just happened to be me, right? Tim? <laughs> yeah. So i left to a vibe there which triggers you you do last that. Week, morning, last week, last week it usually, was everybody. Usually on Monday morning to do that with me. Well, yeah.
0: maybe maybe on Monday morning I'll say good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. So.
4: Okay, thanks. there you go. Flip it over. Um, earlier, you were mentioning about like phone calls and people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About 20 years ago, I lived in an apartment for about three years. And about a year and a half into it, I uh, took off the landline from my Comcast. I had a cell phone and I had a small business. About a year and a half after I had the service shut off and the number that my friend had had was like five years old, I was in my kitchen one day and my phone rang. And I did like a double take and I'm looking at it and it's ringing. I picked it up. She hadn't spoken to me or called me in years using the second number back we had a five minute conversation, but I had no phone service. And the next night it hit me, but it actually happened. I didn't think about it while it was going on, but it actually happened. And I said it to her months later and she said, your voice did, you kind of seem startled to hear from me. I says, no, it was more like the fact that I had no phone service, but it had never happened again. So pretty wild stuff. But, um, Glad to see your shows back. In the, I know you took a little time off doing other things, but um, especially with all the stuff you're doing, Halloween and ghosts and stuff and stories. But uh, as always, I'll be listening every week when you're on, Tim.
0: Well, thank you, Phil. You have a good always night a and a good weekend. And
4: I will call you and harass you Monday morning.
0: I look forward to it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Uh, and by the way, uh, one thing that next Saturday, I'm going to be all over the place too, so... but um. Next Saturday, we're going to be having our Hunger Heroes food drop that we do every year before Thanksgiving. So it's to help the United Way of Greater New Bedford with their uh, Thanksgiving baskets that they put together for folks uh, that are in need. So we'll be doing that from 10 to noon at the Aldi in Dartmouth uh, at the Dartmouth Mall. So you don't even have to get out of the car. You can just pull right up and say, hey, I've got some stuff in the trunk or in the backseat. We take it out of the car for you. You can just keep on driving. And if you don't have anything to donate, you can walk right into Aldi. They're going to have a display of everything there. I just thought of that because last time we were there, you know, Phil, Phil McDonald came by and helped out. So he's a great guy, and, uh, and we give each other crap, but, you know, we yeah. like each other. But we just like to bust on each other on the air. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, you. I can hear you. All right. Well, tell you what. You'll have to try to call back. Maybe there's a, an issue there. Uh, Jay in Edgartown sent in an app chat message. Tim's not only an expert in local lore and paranormal, he's also an expert in not breaking wind until the commercial break. Once that <laughs> Wareham Ford tune starts up, it's game on. Has anyone ever tooted on air? Show sounds great. That's okay. That's that's my friend Jay. I know him. Okay. So he he was. Um, he was locally famous in the '90s for his prank calls into the station. Ah. so now he's moved on to app chat pranks. But yes, I've actually heard some of those old. Remember Dave Kane? You know our friend Dave Kane. Oh yeah. So Dave was on in the afternoons here, and and Jay used to call up and uh, Jay. I can say this because the statute of limitations has run out on this. Uh, but he would call up and and get Dave going, and he has clips of it. Great stuff. I mean, Dave's great anyway. Like when people start going at him and he gives it right back. So uh, I was very lucky to work with Dave for a few years here when he was doing some filling stuff. And of course we know him from all of the stuff with his son, Nicky O'Neill who perished in the station fire and yeah. 41 and all that stuff. Uh, you can go back and listen to some of Dave's appearances on, on spooky South coast. But I think that, you know, kind of going back to that idea of people not, I mean, I use the word ego, but I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's ego per se. I don't think that it's just a matter of they can't, they, 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 they want to be right so bad. I think it's just a matter of they don't like not knowing something. It's an uncomfortable feeling yeah, to say, I don't know. Yeah, And especially when it's something that you think that we should know about, you know, like, so for example, when you're talking about UFOs, you've got people who, are, I won't say scared, but they're, the possibility of what could be out there, um, unnerves them. So they don't want right. to look at, at that. So. They don't want to face it. They don't want to think about it. Yeah. And in not, so, so in order to not do that, they'll just pretend that it doesn't exist.
1: Ah, uh, the old ostrich approach. Yes.
0: But the other part of it is you, you, there's people that you probably know in your own life and as somebody who has been talking about this for a long time and researching this a long time there's still probably people in your own life that will never talk about that topic with you that will never want to ask you a question about it that will never want to know anything about it and you might say oh well let me tell you what happened nope nope don't want to know you know
1: and i usually find that those people that really don't want to talk about it have had some sort of really crazy traumatic experience in it but there's Or something
0: close to it. There's probably a lot of people too that don't want to have their their Their, their system. paradigm system yeah. shifted, you know, yeah. their paradigm changed because they want to stay in what they believe. The the biggest problem with belief is it's okay to believe in things, but you have to be willing to change those beliefs and let those beliefs adapt. You know, nothing is nothing is hard. Like I I look at it as Most of the things that I think that I know, I've never been so fully committed to them that I can't let my mind be changed. I mean, how many times have we thought that we knew something about a local ghost story, say, for example, and we've come to find out. Yeah. I talk about it in my presentation about when we were telling the story of the lady of the ledge and that guy stood up in Freetown and said, yeah, except for this. And we're like, oh, okay. And doesn't mean that you can't still tell the story. doesn't mean that you still didn't have your experience. Yes. It just <laughs> means that the origin story of where we think that that came from is different. Uh, the moon is rising behind you and it looks wicked awesome. It's like, let's, let, the moon was like, let me yeah. be spooky. Let yeah. me, yeah, since yeah, they're on the air tonight, let me be spooky. Um, but, but anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in. You can also send in your app chat messages on the WBSM app. And uh, I love getting the app chat messages. They they're they're great. Yeah, cool. They're great during this show. They're great in the morning. It's something that I thought that was just Yeah, funny. I
1: thought it did too. But maybe well,
0: that, maybe it's a maybe it's one of those phone calls we're talking about. You never know.
1: Like I said, I've already had one. I, I I would never wish it to be repeated on Well, let me take that back because the one that happened to me gave me actually comfort. If you if you understand where I'm going, mm-hmm. because it, it let me know that reached out from beyond. Well, so uh, to to know that okay, especially with her saying, and I'm saying it's her because I know her voice. I grew up with it, and for her to say I'm okay.
0: Well, but also it's unnerving because it's unexpected. Yeah, but it 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 doesn't have to be i mean if 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 you like think about it from this from this perspective if the phone had rung and you knew that it was going it to be, be her
1: that would be a different story yeah you
0: know if you were like i know this is going to be a person who is no longer with us when i pick up the phone you would be prepared for it and it might not have the same effect for you right and and, it, you, and you might have had a different conversation but I think that not that her message would be different, but you might've you yeah. know, taken it differently. And I think that that's where a lot of this still has the, you know, n- not the fear factor, but I don't mean that in, in the sense of like, we're overwhelmingly afraid of it. I mean that in the sense of like, it just catches us off guard and we're like stunned by it. So I think if we knew it and we, and that's why when you're looking for the paranormal, it's easier, or you're looking for a ghost experience. It's easier for people to process it than when it just happens to you all of a sudden. Like people,
1: yeah, that that was completely un, unprepared for. I, I always was caught completely off guard.
0: Well, people will ask. They'll say, "How are you not scared when you go and do things?" I'm like, "Well, because I know what I'm doing. Like I, and I don't. I don't mean that as if saying like I know what I'm doing. Like I, I like I'm knowledgeable about what I'm doing. I mean, like I know what I'm." trying to do when I do yeah. it. So I'm not surprised when that happens. You know, it's like if you go on a roller coaster, like you still get the same thrilling feeling, but also it's not like you're going to get to the top of that first hill and be like, Oh my God, I had no idea this thing was going to drop.
1: Oh, or throwing a fishing line in the water. <laughs> oh, Hey, a fish.
0: So it, it, it's, you can prepare for it and preparing for it makes it less scary for yeah, lack of a better you. term. Yeah. But the the people who get caught off guard by it are the ones that are the most unnerved by it. And then I always say to somebody, they're like, well, every time I've had an experience, it's it's been this scary thing. And I say, well, why were you scared of it the second time if it already happened to you the first time? Like hmm. by that point, you already know that it happens and you know that it's real and you know that there's something going on. So maybe you shouldn't have been as scared by it. But then again... I've had people set firecrackers off next to me dozens of times. I still jump every time. Yep. So, you gotcha. know, I don't know. 508-996-0500. Um, I got a message here saying that I, I made somebody go back to their own <laughs> their own bed. Yes, that's what I'm famous for on the radio, putting people to sleep. That's <laughs> That's what I do.
1: <laughs> putting people back to their own bed?
0: Well, you know, because, you know, when you got somebody who's afraid, little kid that's afraid to sleep in their own bed. And then you say something like that and they're like, oh, I get it. Okay. Well, I think I can go in my own bed. But then I also have a tendency to put people to sleep. Uh, I love when people say to me now that I'm on in the morning, oh, I wake up every morning to you. Oh, okay. And then you get up and you start your day. No, I usually go back to sleep and then get up a little bit later. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I put you back to sleep is what you're saying. I did that this morning. I put myself to sleep. So, uh, so, uh, when, we were talking before, Monies, in the first hour. We're talking about people who come at things with a certainty and the danger of being certain about things. I was thinking about how historically there have been those who've come at people who have had experiences, people who have had, say, UFO encounters or ghost encounters,
1: yep. who were so quick... foot encounters or what have So you.
0: quick to explain that away and to uh, say that these people are crazy or that they are mistaken or whatever it might be. And I had made the point before that, you know, you can never really be certain if you weren't there experiencing it for yourself. Correct. There has to be some degree of trust in people when you are taking these stories. You've gone out and you've, you've talked to a lot of people who have had say UFO encounters and, and Literally thousands. You have to determine how far you're willing to trust what it is that they're saying. How do you balance that? How do you decide, you know, when when does it get too fanciful? Or when does it get to the point where you're like, I think that this person might just have a, a, a mental illness as opposed to an experience?
1: That, uh, that's a tough one. First thing I do is I just let the person get the story off their chest Mm -hmm. whether i think it's real or not at that point i'm not looking at that i'm looking at the person being able to relieve themselves of a burden you know but and as a scientist i'm also looking at all of this as information as data okay does any of the things that they're talking about correlate with other material I've heard before. It's, you know, okay, this box checked, that box checked, you know, this and that. And then afterwards, I'll review personally, uh, you know, going over this, 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 and this. And then uh, uh, I'll collate all of that data points with my main database that I have built up about certain experiences or things. Then I'll start Looking at how a person has their own interjections of their their view of it. Now everybody has a view of the world through their own lenses. Okay, nobody's the same. I mean, good example: car accident. You've been in a car accident before, I'm sure, right? Um, you've seen cars accidents. Yeah, happen.
0: I mean, I uh, thankfully I haven't been in anything too serious. All
1: right, but my point being is. Your vantage point versus another person's vantage point are completely different. You know, uh, how many times have car accidents been witnessed by several people and there's, you know, 27 different stories of what happened. Same thing happens with UFO cases with with everything. Everybody is looking at it through their lenses.
0: And the argument that you'll hear from people is that if you, if somebody is mentally ill or yeah. has a problem that by allowing them to tell that story that you might actually be playing into that psychosis, I don't, first of all, a couple of things. One, you know, you're not a psychologist. It's not no. your job to make that determination. But also I think that maybe, maybe that's not the case, you know, because maybe that person starts talking about it and starts to think to themselves, uh, actually, this doesn't really sound like what happened to me.
1: Uh, so like
0: maybe maybe what I'm thinking happened to me in in retrospect didn't happen the way that I think that it did.
1: Here, Here's something else I learned from people in the psychology field. And one of the persons I talked to at length about this was late John Mack, somebody that knows a thing or two about the stuff. Uh, and what, one of the things I got a chance to talk to him about is like, okay, in psychological history people have been talking about this and he's like yeah and there's a good chance that a lot of these people that we labeled as crazy actually were actual experiencers having something that didn't know how to rationally explain it at the time so and it i can't say he's wrong
0: i mean i've i've gone through therapy and most of the therapy that i've gone through has just been me talking about what happened and then that person asking me what I think about what happened. And I don't mean to belittle the psychology field at all, but you could do the same thing as a UFO researcher. Yeah. You could you could say to the person, tell me what happened. And then when they tell you, you could say, so what do you think about what that is? And, you know, get the same kind of response from them. Well,
1: uh, I understand psychology, psychiatry has its uses. My personal view of it, I... <laughs> I'll be blunt. I I call it cerebral snake oil. You know, modern day cerebral I don't, snake I don't, oil. I don't think but so. I mean, I I think th- it has some uses, but it's not. It's been given far more uh, weight than it really actually should have.
0: Had. I think talking about things certainly helps. Oh, true. Um, I'm
1: talking. Okay, I'll shut up.
0: I think. I think. And certainly, you know, in our cases, and the stories that we get, just being that ear for people right. to share with, because, you know, they'll start off every discussion with, this is going to sound crazy. Yep. And I always tell people- You're not going like, to
1: bleed this, but yeah.
0: Well, when somebody says, this is going to sound crazy, I'm like, I hope so. Because otherwise you're just going to bore me with the story. Like, yeah. I want it to sound nuts. I want it to sound like something I've never heard before. If you're going to tell me about the time that you, uh, you know, you were, you opened up the cabinet and and the glasses had all moved from where you'd put them before, I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. If you're going to tell me about the time that you heard a knock or the door opened on its own, yeah, I've heard all that before. Give me something I've never heard before. Give me something crazy. Um, i got to stop hitting that microphone. <laughs> 508-996-0500, you're next on WBSM.
5: Hi, uh, good evening. Hello. I, don't know, I was just wondering, From our, I have a question for either one of you. What was the scariest moment that either one of you ever had? I mean, like, really bone-chilling,
1: like, wow, I'm really, you know.
0: Like paranormally related because yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we've been in some other situations we can't <laughs> yeah. talk about. I was
1: gonna say, does it you know being held at gunpoint count? Uh, <laughs> it was by a ghost. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I mean, it's like like really when the back of your the hair in the back of your neck and you feel all the goosebumps going through your body. It's like oh man, it's like I'm I'm like this is too much or like when you feel like it's over your head or like all right about to
1: lose control. I, I've spoken about mine several times, Tim. I'll share mine again if you share yours. Mine? Yeah.
5: I really never had one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, maybe in some movie theaters at those jump scenes, but <laughs> I never really had one in my life. Okay. So uh, I, 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 you know, I like listening to Ghost Stories, but I, I, I'm too scared to go to go anywhere near those places. <laughs>
1: Sometimes you walk into them without knowing they're haunted at first. So yeah, uh, but
5: like I say, it's like, oh. <laughs>
0: What's yours, Monies?
1: Well, mine obviously is my three-year-old experience in first alien abduction. I conscious. I was, you know, I was wide awake, more awake than I've ever been in my life having that thing crawl up on my bed and you know, staring at it face to face like less than 4 inches apart my body locked out in beyond, and I couldn't control it I could not control my body being locked out every limb stretched out my fingers to the point where it was painful and this thing just hovering above my face leaning over at me looking at me And the best way I can describe this thing was it looked ancient. And when I mean ancient, I mean ancient. And it was not human. So, yeah.
0: Well, mine's a little more mundane than that. But uh, for me, it was... Well, there's two times, and I'll, I'll keep it limited to when I've actually been out looking for this stuff. But there were two times when I was only really scared of what was going on. The first was when we were investigating Battery Milliken at Fort Tabor with permission. Don't don't go there unless you have permission. We did. And, uh, w- you know, we we thought that the roof was caving in on us. So that was, you know, a fear more because even though we were looking for ghosts, I thought we were going to die because we were underground. But <laughs> um, it turned out to be phantom cannon fire that we caught instead. And then w- when we investigated the SK Pierce mansion, Stephanie and I, and I would, I was... Doing things that she told me that I shouldn't be doing. Trying to contact a spirit she told me not to try to contact. And later on that night, it was the only time that anything had ever really kind of followed me home that I was aware of. And uh, it set off one of my devices as I was walking through the front door, even after I'd taken the batteries out of it. So that was enough for me to say, okay, this stuff can reach out whenever it wants to.
1: Well, I also remember being in the S.K. Pierce with you at one time and having, you know, those Peach pits thrown at us.
0: That was Murdoch Whitney House. Murdoch... Oh yeah. They're they're close. They're they're yeah. only a couple of miles that away from each other. Yeah. So, but yeah, no that that place. Everything Fish. that's everything that's happened in, in the Murdoch Whitney House has been mostly just head scratching or keep, outright yeah, um, yep. outright laughter. That's where I caught the ghost in the yep. bathtub. That yep, was yep, uh, yep 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 yep. That was washing itself in a in a Un- naughty way. Yeah. So. <laughs>
5: I just thought now now I know what the scariest moment was. Was walking into my mother in law's bathroom while she was like, Oh, oh was I'm
0: crazy. I'm sorry, I listen, we could get the best exorcist on earth. We can't we can't change that for you, I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> that was be burning my memory for years.
0: All right. Well thank you for the call. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good night. <laughs> And uh, we still have a few moments left if you'd like to call in, 508-996-0500. Yeah, unfortunately, that's, uh, there's nothing we can do to help you with that paranormal experience.
1: I would say that first experience I shared was one. Uh, second, I would call it almost as scary. Uh, when a young researcher, 18 years old, you know, going going into haunted places, I broke into a haunted place. And this thing physically attacked me, picked me up and threw me. Uh, You know, I'm not the toughest guy in the world, but I'll stand and fight. But there's nothing more unnerving than, you know, getting into a fight with something you can't see or swing back at.
0: I mean, I I think eventually you become a little bit dulled to some of it. You know, like uh, I, I always make the joke. You know, when talking about how Leanne would call us to go and look at oh, yeah. the Lizzie Borden house, and I was like, it's always like, you know, when there's something that goes beyond, you know, just the regular normal mundane paranormal experiences. because <laughs> Yeah,
1: when she's calling us, it's like, oh, okay, this is something really going but on. But
0: that's the thing, is like, it can get to the point where there are some mundane paranormal experiences. Certainly if you're going somewhere and you're expecting something to happen because it's happened before or you've heard stories of it happening, you know, it's, it's not that... Yeah, I It's not that freaky not that scary uh, bear in mind there were several
1: times when you and I would go there and we'd rile the house up and then she'd call us and you know curse us for riling no, the place up
0: but that's that was my job <laughs> yeah. it was my job to go there and, and tick things off uh, let's see here we got another call here before I do that though I just want to remind everybody quickly um, that Stephanie and I, Stephanie and I will be joining uh, Scott. Porter, her boyfriend and co-star of Secrets of the Asylum at the Eloise Asylum coming up on November 17th right outside Detroit, Michigan and if you want to join us, you can do so. Just uh, go to my social media or Stephanie's social media or Scott's social media. They've got all the information there uh, to be able to get those tickets and or reach out Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com and I'll send you all the information. I just want to make sure I mention that so Mm -hmm. that people know so that they can join us because I'd hate to go out there and people be like, I had no idea you were going to be out here so, um, yes, that'll be November 17th. All right, 508-996-0500. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
2: Hi, it's me again. Hello. I thought I'd
0: wait till the now, end of the show to say. Now Lamone's going to think
2: he can call on a second time. Huh?
0: I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
2: Okay. No, I know I, I shouldn't do that. But anyway, um, when I lived, on down, I lived downtown New Bedford on a Hill Street. You know what Hill Street is? Yep. Well, I lived in a house that was... Built in the 1700s, and uh, me a friend of mine and her daughter, we each had our own room. And um, she went in the attic one day and she found a chest, like an old fisherman's chest. And they brought it down, of course, next to my room. And um, they and we we opened it up that night. And it was nice and cleaned out and all that. So we figured we put our comforters in there or some blankets and things like that. The next day we opened it up and there was uh, booking glass and swat stickers in it. What? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that was very strange. And it was like a fisherman's chest or something like that. And it was, you know, it was way up in the attic of the, because there was like a three, uh, two, four thing place there. And uh, I don't know what happened with that. But, anyways, we gave it to my brother in law. And he, <laughs> he lived on uh, Oxford Street. I told you the, the house in um, behavior that's haunted on Oxford Street used to live there, my sister used to live there and um and it was haunted. they you know, I guess I don't know, the ghost ghost haunters have been in there to check it all out, down fellow and all that stuff. And um but you said you couldn't you didn't go in there yet?
0: No, no, not yet.
2: Yeah. So anyway, um we gave it to him and um and then it got really really haunted.
0: So anyway <laughs>
2: Uh, we wanted to get rid of that chest,
0: but that was weird. No, yeah, no, it makes sense. i got to just hold Nobody you there knows. just because just we're out I of time. I know you gotta go. Yeah, we're, we're up against it here, but thank you for the call. All righty. You have yeah. a great night. You too, bye. And we are just about out of time. We only have about a minute left. So uh, I want to thank everybody that called in tonight and everybody that was listening, everybody that sent in app chat messages. Uh, we love being able to be interactive with all of you. There's nothing worse than thinking that we're just talking to ourselves here. Really? We, we love hearing from all of you. Yeah. So uh, we will do this again next week. If you uh, want to send us any recorded voicemail messages that we can play on the show later on, you can always do that through the WBSM app. You can also send us those app chat messages all week long. You can also reach out to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com, all week long. Easy way to get a hold of us. And uh, next week, we'll talk some more about the paranormal. I will also say, you know, normally during the week, When I'm on in the mornings, we don't talk about the paranormal, but just know that you can always reach out if you have any situations like this, things that we're talking about tonight, things that unnerve you, things that bother you. You can always reach out with that because we are here to help, except, you know, we're not taps. We're not showing up at your door here to help. We're just here on the radio for you to call and and share with us. Uh, But that will do it for tonight's show. We will be back next week. I hope that everybody out there has a great week. Remember to set your clocks back. We're going to be lo- uh, gaining an hour tonight. We're going to fall back so you get an extra hour of sleep. And uh, that's if we didn't already put you to sleep right now. So until next week, stay spectacular.